Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. My guest today is Susie Carroll. She is a mentor to mission-inspired women. I am really excited to dive into this conversation with you, Susie. Thank you so much for carving out space to have this chat with myself and the listeners. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, that's awesome. So I would love for you to define what mission is to you, since that's such a big part of your company culture. So mission, mission inspired is any woman who is has an inner desire to make a difference, to make an impact. Yeah, I, really, that's it. It's a con- very concise <laughs> description. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, for sure. And what is that mission for you? What's your personal mission? So I operate under the title mentor because everything I teach is based on, well, I was thinking, actually, it's almost 40 years of being out there in the working world. started Amazing. working when I was 16. And the trials and the triumphs, both. And what I learned over the years, I was a busyness addict. I got very, and busyness is not necessarily, well, busy is not necessarily a bad thing if it's healthy busy, but what I got myself into was an unhealthy form of busy. busy. It was was my way of numbing out. It was a way of covering up some pretty heavy childhood trauma. And so my way of not getting in touch with my inner self was to get really, really busy. And I did that for decades and then I burned out. But along the way, I also accomplished a lot. So there's a term, you know, gift of wounds. And so these childhood wounds really became my driver. Like my, one of my core issues is not enough. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm just not enough. And that drove me. And from that driven point, which isn't healthy, but nevertheless, I did accomplish a lot in the business world and I love business, but what I love even more is how we show up, our inner landscape. Wow, that's incredible. During the decades where you were like pushing and filling the calendar with to-dos and staying in that busy face, did you have a recognition or what was the pivot point when you thought, you know what, this isn't working for anymore. Was it when you became burned out? Like, did you have to hit rock bottom before you had this revelation? Here's the challenge with busyness and even overwhelm. We get so used to being that way, we don't even realize we are in a place that is not serving our well-being. It becomes our baseline way of being, our baseline daily way of being. So in all honesty, how I woke up to the fact that I had an issue with busyness addiction was a really good friend of mine is a psychotherapist and, um, and master coach. And she said, Susie, you're addicted to busyness. I'm like, what? <laughs> what the uh-huh. heck is that? And then she, she actually, we worked together and started to unwind. And at that time I had, so what she had me do was, it was a legal pad of paper and she had me write down everything that I felt I was responsible for. And I filled, it was single lined. I filled up both sides. Mm-hmm. And then she said, pare that down to five things. 
which almost caused a meltdown. But it, <laughs> it was so illuminating to see everything I thought I was responsible for on paper and then even entertain the thought of paring it down to five. And in that moment, that's when I realized, wow, I am going at a thousand miles per hour to maintain some semblance of control and sanity in my life. And that was in 2009. So I, I started unwinding then. What a powerful exercise. That's incredible. And I think for listeners that may be experiencing burnout or even going, oh, wow, that actually sounds like me. I, you know, I can very much relate because years ago I used to be in the same exact pattern that you explained that you were in and you're praised for it. You know, and you wear that badge of perfectionism and high productive leader with honor, right? Like the high productive part. Yeah. And unthreading it is, is a big thing. I mean, honestly, it took me years to not get panicked if I had white space on my calendar blocks, mm -hmm. right? I felt Absolutely. it all needed to be like filled in if I was like doing enough. Just exactly mm -hmm. like you said. So for listeners that are there now, what kind of tips or direction can you share? Well, first of all, I think it's important to understand what got you there in the first place. And for women, I work specifically with women. And women have three traits that are beautiful that get us into trouble. We're innately nourishers, pleasers, and givers. And we're socially indoctrinated to be givers and take care of others. So right from the get-go, we've got kind of a double whammy going on. So we easily show up in this role as nourisher and giver, and we're, and it feeds us and makes it feel good to help other people that we forget about ourselves. So what I actually did was um, I took a year long, I sold my business, and I, I owned a brick and mortar nutrition and wellness center. And I sold that five years ago. And then I took a year long sabbatical. I called it my year of no. Everything I teach now really came from that year of going into this, oh my God, uncomfortable, quiet space. I, I really thought I was losing my mind without, my, without coming to the end of the day with having accomplished anything. But so first of all, understand what has fed this position you're in now, which is largely, I mean, honestly, for almost every mission-inspired woman I work with, they all are experiencing a sense of overwhelmed mm -hmm. and depletion and frustration because there's something that they want to accomplish and they can't get to the, that and they're not getting to it because they're saying yes to so many things that aren't actually in alignment with the work that matters most to them. Oh my so. God, so true. And I'm wondering too, I just want to pause you there for a second because I think that you have some words of wisdom here. I also work with clients that struggle with that same thing. And I don't know if you found they don't want to let go. They don't really want to change. They, there's almost a comfort of staying in the story. How do you help them break free from that repetitive pattern? Well, in all honesty, I'll only work with women who want to break free because I really believe that we are on this earth to learn our lessons. And when you're ready, you're ready. And what usually what happens, unfortunately, I interviewed, I hired a research firm a few years ago, and they helped me do qualitative research, and I interviewed women around the world, and I had two categories. One was women who were, what I said, in busyness, they were busy, and the others were 
on the other side of busy. Every woman I interviewed who was on the other side of busy, unhealthy busy, I should say, arrived there because they hit a physical or mental issue that forced them to stop. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Absolutely. That that piece of it's almost not our decision. Our body makes the decision for us. Yes, exactly. And we're like, okay, yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. So how did you become passionate about redefining ambition and success? Mm, because what I see again, and this is so propagated by how women are socialized. There's a quote by Gloria Steinem. Women can have it all as long as we do it all. So this is the mindset that women have been indoctrinated with for, you know, millennium. So we're really extraordinary beings. So my passion comes from what I've witnessed and even, you know, witnessed with myself is women have this innate ability to, to lead from a very heart-centered place. We have an innate ability to, to nourish and um, take care of and heal, but none of that is going to happen if we're spread so thin. We're dilu- it's, like, it's like dumping water and we're completely diluting our efforts. So my passion comes from this, it's, you know, it's almost a heart-wrenching observation of how women are diluting their ability to make an impact by doing too much. Yes. Oh, that's, people need to hear that 100%. During that one-year sabbatical, where you're learning how to say no and tuning within. And I am almost envisioning like an eat, pray, love kind of a thing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think one of your biggest revelations or satories were for you? I got to tell you, it was, you know, when I say, oh, I took your long sabbatical, people go, oh my best, that must've been wonderful. No, it absolutely was not because it was an intentional year long sabbatical. My intention was to unwind from my busy habits and not, you know, weed my garden or go on trips or anything. And I wanted to learn how to be with myself. But one of the things I absolutely learned from that experience, even within the first few months, is women have a very skewed sense of how much we should accomplish in any given day. Mm-hmm. The other thing I uh, learned was you know, what I just shared with you about nourishers, givers, and pleasers. But one of the most powerful things I did, um, and this came from a friend of mine, Athena Burke, And she told me, she said, she's a very spiritually connected person. And she said, I was told that anything that comes after I should is a lie. And this was nine years ago now, nine, 10 years ago when she said that. And I'll never forget the moment and my jaw dropped and I embodied that. And it became a theme for me. Anytime I heard myself say I should, and for me, it's I should, I need to, I have to. I hit the pause button and I asked myself, what is it I want to do? What is it I want? And that was my theme for my year of no. And it's how I, it's how I retrained my mind to not go into the shoulds and instead go into a want. So a really simple thing is I, I don't like emptying the dishwasher. But I'd hear myself, you know, the only responsibilities I had for that year, I'm, I'm monetarily, I was fine. I was able to take a year off without any worries. I cleared everything off my plate. So the only thing I needed to be, take care of was my well-being and my relationships. And 
part of your well-being is emptying the dishwasher. You want things clean. So, <laughs> but I remember I would feel myself go, oh, God, I should empty the dishwasher. I mean, this is a very simple analogy. And I would stop and say, well, what is it I want? Oh, I just want to go out uh, outdoors for a bit, like 10 minutes. That's all it takes. Yeah. So women, we often make things so much more complicated than they are. And making a change in our lives is often just a tiny little shift. Just a micro shift. Yeah. I got the chills when you were talking about that and learning that simple statement and how we can turn it around. And I think for people, even to practice one day with that paradigm shift or one weekend, right? Like many of us don't have a whole year. Some do, some don't to really tune in, but take a day, take a weekend, take a week with just that simple mindset. I think there's going to be some pretty profound shifts, don't you? Yes. And I call them adopting daily practices because it's no different than going to the gym and lifting weights to get stronger muscles. Any of these mindset shifts are a daily practice. Absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Business Thrive, a step-by-step business building online course. Thrive Business Thrive takes you from a concept to paying clients in just 16 weeks. If you're tired of doing it alone and trying to piece together your business by watching one YouTube tutorial after another and following multiple experts, it's time to plug into a tried and true plan. Thrive Business Thrive focuses on results, increasing your impact, and moreover, establishing the foundation needed for a thriving business. To learn more about Thrive Business Thrive, your blueprint to create a flourishing business, visit caseyrossi.com slash thrive. That's caseyrossi.com slash thrive. How do you feel or know when you're out of balance now, since you're so tapped in, right? (laughs) How do you know now? Like I've crossed the line. Oopsie. Yeah. I know when I start to feel resentful and depleted. And for me, it's also a physical reaction where my, I'll just get tense. You know, I can feel it in my shoulders. I can feel it in my neck. I clamp down. That's what happens. And it's almost like I've cut the flow of joy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I feel heavy and my lightheartedness goes away. So that I call it course correcting. You know, if you think about how an airplane travels from point A to point B, it's never in a direct straight line. And so instead of beating yourself up, exactly what you said, I, I just say, oops, oh, okay, I need to course correct. And honestly, we're course correcting all week long. Yeah, that's great. And so what are your favorite things that fill you up, get you back on track and make you feel that joy, heart-centered, lighthearted feeling? Ah, well, nature is huge for me. And like you, I live out in the middle of the country. So that's an easy one. And I love spontaneous conversations. They just fill me up. So if I'm getting off track, feeling myself weighted down, I'll off, you know, I work from home. I'll often head into town and go to the coffee shop. And there's always some random conversation that, it, that fills me up. Another trick I use too is, and it was a, a meditation teacher who taught me this, is to just ask these three questions. What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I feeling? And it brings me back into the present. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I know one of the traits, especially with women that we struggle with, and I think it, it does go back to childhood roots and just social conditioning as well, but is guilt. And I'm wondering how you help people 
when they're feeling pushed and stressed or when they're, they're kind of getting to the edge and they're feeling, I'm feeling a little run down, I could push and say yes, or I could accept this invite that really doesn't feel like a fit for me. How do you help them with those emotions of guilt that are saying you really should do this? So we are wired for connection, women, men, all of us. And when we say no to something, there's, there is potentially a layer down there where there's fear that you're going to lose connection. And there's this guilt of, if I say no, I'm going to harm the other person. So I got this email from a client who, uh, she was a, a beta tester for a, a, a new body of work. And I just loved it. She said, I said no, and they still like me. Aww. <laughs> and that's really it is, you know, there's going to be some people that when you say no, they're, they're going to be upset about it. And do you truly want those people in your life or want to be interacting with them? Yeah. And honestly, when you say no to somebody, you're giving them permission as well. Mm-hmm. It's like you become the teacher and they go, oh, wow, she said no to that. I wonder if I can say no to something. But, you know, getting back to guilt with women, again, it's part of this programming. And I had somebody say years ago, she asked me if I was raised Catholic. And I said, no, why? She said, because you're so driven by guilt. Oh, yeah. I got home and I called, I called and made an appointment with a therapist. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to get past that one. So it's really knowing what, if you're saying, you know, and you're feeling like you're going to feel guilty, start to dig deeper. Where's that feeling come from? So I, I was raised in an environment that one of my core wounds is I just really need to feel appreciated. So all my yesing was coming from, okay, if I say yes to this, I'm going to be appreciated. So understanding what your unmet need is. Yes. I noticed that you mentioned core wound a couple times, and I'm wondering for someone that that terminology is new, Mm -hmm. or they're wondering what theirs are, what would you say to them? Oh, goodness. Well, first of all, just hearing the words core wound, you're not going to know what it is, but your core wound, but it's just great. Okay, so anybody who's listening and they hear the word core wound, don't know what is, this is fabulous. You're at your starting point. It's like this awareness. Oh, so the next thing you can think about is, well, blocks. Your core wound is almost always what is blocking you or what is so difficult for you or what you're wishing for. So core wound for me was a need to feel appreciated. And that was one core wound. And I, again, I had a lot of trauma uh, in my life growing up. I carried all the way into adulthood. And it was only very recently, I feel like I finally hit my true, true core wound, which is shame. And shame is when you innately believe you are broken. There's a part of you that's broken. So I had something happen and it triggered me and I went into meltdown mode and my terminology was what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Not what is wrong with the situation? What is wrong with me? I believe I'm broken. So now I'm seeing, wow, I really see how that showed up in my life and created blocks and made it, God, there's just things that are just so difficult to do because of this core wound. The beauty is once you recognize and see it and feel it, you can move around it, especially if you get professional help. 100%. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that because I think it's really important and I know that it's going to touch people. It really is. And are you a fan of Brene Brown at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I want to do a mind meld with her. No, I, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
I just thought like if Renee could hear you, she'd be proud, right? Because, like, yeah, yeah. I you know I've yet to read any of her books, but I love her videos. But yeah, I would. Yeah, she's somebody I just love to hang out with. Yeah, 100%. It would be so much fun, right, to have a girl's day. But it just reminded me when you said, you know, when we have the courage to step into saying no to something and we override those feelings of guilt, it also gives permission to other people to do the same. And I just really feel that in this space, too, when you can even talk about core wound, even talk about your healing journey, it just lets people take a deep breath and be like, oh, okay, like everyone's got their bag of stuff. Yes. I'm not the only one. Yes, we so often feel like we're the only one and we're alone. And when you start talking about these things, you find out that almost everybody feels this way. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, absolutely. I would love it if you could share a story of someone that you've worked with, a woman that you've worked with what she was struggling with when she first came to you, and then like a little bit of the journey or the transformation once she had some of these, her own aha moments on the journey. The one that comes to mind, which would most resonate, I think, with what you do is, so I have developed, I worked with a woman last year, she's got a PhD in transformational adult learning systems, and I developed this program in conjunction with her, or she guided me, I should say. And so I was beta testing it this summer. And one of my beta testers, honest God, when she expressed interest, I was like, why do you want to work with me? I mean, you've got it all together. You know, that's the perception that we've got it all together. And I'm even looking at her saying that. So anyways, we begin working and find out that she is, uh, she is saying yes to everything. But she, she has this business idea. And she can't get it off the ground. She's really in resistance. So there were some beautiful things that happened in that process of, first of all, learning how, how the socialization had shaped where she was currently at. And even some of her childhood upbringing, how it shaped where she's currently at and beginning to see the blocks that were getting in her way. So started peeling those layers away, began courageously. It was uncomfortable for her, but saying no to all the asks that she was getting. One of the things she was uncomfortable about was asking to be paid for what she did, which I, I see in your website is something you really work with women on. So anyways, that was five months ago. So where she's at now is what she said to me, I thought was pretty profound. She said, I was not making my work important. And now that is in, in the realm of what matters most, she's making her work and this mission that she is on, it has a top slot of importance. Awesome. And it's not that she's saying no to everything, but she's only saying yes to what's in alignment with what she's doing. And she has clients and her business is booming. Oh, that and that is was within awesome. a few months. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't take huge shifts. It takes little shifts. Yes. And I love the fact that you said earlier that you work with women that know they're ready for a change and they're ready for the work to make the change. Yeah. Right? That's huge. I mean, that, that takes some moxie to even step in and come to you and say, I, I am ready. I see something and I'm ready and I just need like an expert to guide me. Thank what do you, you think 2020 has in store for women in general? Like if you were to forecast a trend, what do you think it would be? I think, and it's, it's been going on for a little while, but what I see, you know, it's a, a very used term now, but women are waking up. And they're waking up to this desire to be who they are. And that's beautiful. I, I would hope what 2020 brings is a lot more women 
being really authentic and true. I would like to see a lot of this guru stuff go away. Yeah. And just real, being real. I think we're all craving authenticity oh. you know, in, in everything, in marketing, in even our content creation, in our appearance. I mean, I think it's time and I see a shift too. I start to see, you can see that in, in some advertising campaigns, you're starting to see diverse women and women of all shapes and colors and sizes with gaps in their teeth and freckles. Like there is more of a sense of like, you aren't broken. You're perfect just as you are. Right. And I, I see that trend coming up a little bit. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that comes up for me too is an acceptance of who we are. So in the online world, there seems to me to be this trend of you need to be out there and you need to be public and you need to be a, a public figure. And if that's who your, your personality is great, that's not the definition of success yes. at all. So for me, it's just, um, I'm realizing, you know, my role is I'm a softer person. Mm -hmm. And I can create this uh, sense of comfort and safety really quickly with people. And I'm really intuitive. And I just like to hang kind of in the background and whoever shows up, shows up and off we go. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a beautiful message because I think, again, it's that old paradigm that success looks like this. It's the bold, it's the in your face, it's the extrovert, you know, and the beautiful flowing hair and a certain image comes up, right? And yeah. that, that's not true. You can be powerful and beautiful and magnificent and subtle and an introvert, right? Right. Absolutely. You know, I always, uh, coming back to Brene Brown, one of the things I love about her is how often she shows up on the, the massive stage in jeans because yeah. that's who she is. I love it. And sometimes yeah. cowboy boots and it's just so cool. Yeah. yeah. I remember years ago I saw Katie Lane perform and she came out with bare feet and jeans and just a cool white cotton shirt. And I was like, how awesome is that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Outside of authenticity and really tapping into who you are and, and embracing it, how else would you define a brilliant woman? I define a brilliant woman by somebody who is very comfortable in their own skin. Because when you're really comfortable in your own skin, you, you have this energy about you that is so attractive. That to me is brilliance. If you, if you are in alignment with who you are and you're bringing your full self that into everything you do, what's more brilliant than that? I mean, I definitely have an admiration for, I'm not, I'm not an academic person, so I have an admiration for, like I have a friend who is a, a professor at MIT and it's like, oh my God, I so admire their brains. But that's a different kind of brilliance. I think, there it is, brilliance, brilliance, bright, inner brilliance. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're doing something right because I'm able to see you even though this is a podcast and you are brilliant. You're glowing, you're radiant, and it really seems like you're in alignment. It, it comes across um, very, very clearly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. How can people get a hold of you and get in touch and connect? I have my website, which is suzycarroll.com and it's S-U-Z-Y-C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com. And I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and a little bit of Instagram. Awesome. Sounds really good. I will definitely put the link in the show notes for our listeners. And you shared some really beautiful things and some really tactical things too, where I think if people pause and they actually put those into action, some of the prompts that you gave, they're very powerful. I think that's going to really move the needle for them. What would you like to close on? What kind of bright light wisdom would you like to wrap up with today? 
You know, I'm going to read this. I just came across this, and it's a daily prayer that I thought was so beautiful. And it says, universe, put me in the places you want me to be, with the people you want me to be with, doing the thing you want me to do. I'm grateful for the joys and the challenges in my life. Namaste. That's it. I love it. Oh, that's beautiful. On that note, namaste to you. Thank you so, so much for being here. And yeah, just keep on doing the wonderful work in the world that you're doing. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. See you later. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.